The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Michael Gobier. He's Benjamin Chase. This is the Prospects Power Half Hour, September 28th. 29th? Yeah, it's almost the end of September here. Getting ready to move on. How about that? And we've got an award show for you today. A round of applause, of course, for the crowd. Well done, well done, well done. We are here. It's been a minute since two of us have been together here for the Prospects Show, so it's great to be on. I know everyone's on football now. There's like 10% of... The original opening day crowd that was locked in in fantasy baseball still left with us. But that's okay, Ben. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter because yeah. no. we're here. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. And, you know, we're we're coming up on the last weekend. And, frankly, you know, the nice part about award shows like this is, hey, it's just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> and, quite frankly, Michael, you and I, Get to go through this same thing on Sunday. Oh, my. we're both nominated <laughs> in the IBWAA awards that are on Sunday on YouTube. So, just kind of a quick plug for what time is that at? Do you know what time that's at? I believe it's seven, but I don't remember if that's seven Eastern or I'm, I'm almost certain that it's Eastern. But, okay. Um, so, and I can't tell you off the top of my head what the name of the. Uh, the YouTube account is. I want to say it's like Sideline Sports or something to that effect. Okay. Yeah, because I typed in IBW, IBWA, and I'm not getting that. So IBWAA, Internet Baseball Writer Association yeah. of America. So. 
Uh, well, yeah, look. There we go. Then it's the final weekend. Uh, you know, everyone's giving me shit because I... I now love. I have some issues with Miguel Cabrera, but maybe my issues aren't warranted. It's his final weekend. He's got a home series here in Detroit at Comerica Park to say goodbye to his absolutely first ballot Hall of Fame career, and that's going to be fun. But as far as what we've seen this season, is it safe to say? Because I posted this in my Grooving with Govier article, FDNFantasy.com. You guys can read it anytime. Free! About two weeks ago, somebody posted a list of all the MLB Pipeline Top 100 prospects that had debuted this year and there was a big big list so are we seeing are we seeing more than ever without a doubt uh the call-ups and aggressive call-ups you know i did a piece on this for rotoballer in like may on the rookie pitchers and how this is just and so i looked it up and at that point and you know we're talking in may we had already hit half of the overall rookies that were called up in 2022. Wow. So, you know, I, I will tell you, I haven't gone back in and done that research since, but it's been an absurd amount. Um, I just was going to pull this up a lot of time. Got to get all the way to the bottom. 259 debuts this year. Now that doesn't mean rookies because there are plenty of prospects that had debuted before, and so they don't get on that list. But 259 players debuted this year, according to Baseball Reference. That's that's a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, like what you're saying, there seems to have been a lot that were fairly notable prospects. I mean, top 100 prospects, certainly a lot of top 30 prospects within organizations. So it's been kind of a big year for young players. I mean, let's look at the second best team in the National League. Very well, maybe starting a rookie in game one of the playoffs. Yep. Bobby Miller might very well might get the ball for game one for the Dodgers. That is unbelievable to consider. Pretty wild. Pretty, pretty wild. Pretty, pretty. Look. We got some awards for you. We had some voting in the Palazzo Discord, 2L2Zs. You guys can join that for free. Give me two. In the offseason with uh, Dynasty Fantasy Baseball, we're going to be there for you all the time. We're going to do plenty of shows in the offseason. We're going to do another edition. Last year, we did the next big three for every single team last year. This year, we're going to do it again. So we're going to have a new edition. Who's coming up next? There's always That's the best part about minor league baseball and prospects. When it comes to baseball, there's always new blood on the horizon. You know, these guys graduate this year and the next crop of people, they start to take over, become the next class. Absolutely. That's the best part about doing dynasty leagues is the fact that you start to build up. And then all of a sudden you've got a team that's all in the majors and you got to find more prospects. You know, (laughs) you might be that guy who's rebuilding and in two, three years, all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, my minor leagues look pretty scant because I've just been building up for the last few years. And now all of a sudden I kind of need more. <laughs> so That's right. It's it's one of those great things about Dynasty Baseball is no matter what part or where you are in your development of your team, you always have to have some look in the minor leagues. Absolutely. Yeah, here's a... This is the top 100 preseason list and all these guys with their debut dates, by the way. So you could take a look if you're watching on our YouTube, which you guys should absolutely subscribe to. Plus a podcast to Utah. Give me two. 
just a big, big list. Michael Bush for the Dodgers, yeah. Marco Luciano and the Giants. By the way, Gabe Kapler fired today, so um, yeah. that's over. Quick analysis on that, Ben. Uh, do you think that's good for the team? Do you think he kind of was the scapegoat there? Both. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never really been a huge Gabe Kapler fan. There's other things he's done in the game of baseball that uh, yeah. I think he's he's a pretty detestable human being, but that's my, you know, I've never met the man. I don't know that about him, but I think it's very interesting that, uh, that the Giants chose to do this. It has to be part of sending a message to that team that, hey, we we're willing to invest some money and we tried, <laughs> you know, which, you know, of course every team likes to say, well, we tried really hard for this free agent, but he decided to go somewhere else. But when the guy who you quote unquote really tried to get went to stink in Minnesota, <laughs> who is a notably small market team, you didn't try all that hard. Now granted, Carlos Correa didn't exactly set the world on fire this year, but still they have, they actually have a really good young group in their minor leagues coming up. They had a really solid draft. I really liked the Giants draft. Hmm. This is a team that's kind of on the come up. Kyle Harrison? But yeah, Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, um, Luis Matos. You've got some good young pieces. Casey Schmidt, you know, all these guys. But the issue is, yet when you have a young team like that, it's the ability to trust them and put them into place and just let them be, let them screw up, let them fail. And they didn't do that. That's hard to do. And that is absolutely not something that Kapler does. Kapler will platoon the hell out of things. And that's the whole issue is as a manager, you know, I could, I putting my own personal feelings on him aside as a manager, he's overmanaged a lot. And, Sometimes when you have a little bit less talent, the overmanaging can get more out of a team. But these are also professional baseball players. They're, you know, you, you have to be able to allow them to, to trust them to say, hey, this is on you guys. And unfortunately, sometimes the manager, the coach gets fired because players didn't perform the way they should. This year, I don't know that that's exactly true in San Francisco. I think it's been a couple of years that they got spoiled by that big year in 2021 where they won a lot more games than they should have. And management kind of got a little spoiled there. I mean, they didn't invest in the same way. I mean, that team was led by Kevin Gossman. People forget that they had one heck of a rotation, and they've just kind of piecemealed it since. Yep. So, Good call. Can't always blame the manager, but I'm I'm not feeling terrible that he doesn't have a job. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, he's like Teflon. Nothing sticks to him. He's going to probably get something else in baseball, which frustrates me. But anyway, well, you know, uh, Chad's here. You guys can jump in the live chat if you want to talk about you know your best of the best this year for the minor leagues and dynasty baseball. This feels like Zaidi want a power struggle more than anything. Well, I mean, he's in charge. So if there is a question of who's in charge, and if Kapler thinks he's in charge, he's not. And now he's definitely not. So we can move on from that and say farewell. But you always know, Ben, in real life, it's the handsome people. They keep getting chances. The beautiful people always get second chances, man. It's uh, 
All of us other uh, schlubs here, we got to battle and claw. Get yeah. we what? No. Got, got to fight. For That's it. right. Well, look, <laughs> let's get into the awards. Let's. We had people vote, yeah. and we appreciate everybody in the Discord who jumped in and voted when and how they could. I know it's later in the season. Like I said, a lot of you people, including myself, frankly, mm-hmm. locked in on football. Uh, I still can't believe. I don't know how the Gophers lose to Northwestern. That's just the most ridiculous. I know that they struggle with it's, Northwestern, Ben, but still, on, you can't lose to this yeah. one this year. It's embarrassing but it's yeah it's northwestern and, and i there are so many stinking games like that since i started at the school 25 years ago that they have decided to just blow against northwestern <laughs> i don't know why that team i mean there have been some really mediocre northwestern teams that beat really good gopher teams it's just what it is see so, there it is well i don't know why. i thought that we would uh why don't we go from the bottom and then we'll finish with the player of the year what do you say is that all right with you Sounds great. Okay, cool. Well, first one on tap. This Ben, I love this. We barely knew ye. Who was the players (laughs) that we barely really got a chance to know this year in minor league baseball? Our winner I have before us, but I'm going to also share who the nominees were real quick. So Mm -hmm. we barely knew ye. The nominees were. I'm doing my little thing there. We had Daniel Espino, Zach Veen, Coors, of course. Uh, that? Two weeks. Oh, that's two weeks. That's the wrong button. I got the wrong bake. There we go. Nope, that's Bush. Coors. There we go. Bush is Cardinals. There we go. Jeez. Uh, Cade Cavalli. Remember Cade Cavalli, the Nats? Uh, Max Meyer. Remember him? How about George Valera, the Guardians? And of course, Andrew Painter. And the winner was. Or the. Unfortunate winner of this category. We barely. Unfortunate winner. Uh, I do. I think it says something maybe about how talented he is. Andrew Painter was the winner of We Barely Knew Ye. Now, yep. Ben, you agreed with this one, so you don't have a different opinion. I I agree. I'm personal cheese ball of mine is Max Meyer, and there was some talk before the year that he might come back and pitch the last month, and with where the Marlins are, that could have been a good deal, but. It's just he's had a traditional recovery, so we didn't get to see him back this year. I'm bummed about that. Yeah, hey. <laughs> but but uh, but the painter thing. I mean, gosh, the way he was pitching in spring training, you had so much. Hope. And this is already a guy who was a top five prospect in all of baseball in a lot of lists, and all of a sudden, you know, he pops his elbow out for the whole year. That just stinks. It does. Even in redraft, he was getting a lot of run. There was a lot of hype about oh, Painter. Yeah. So, yeah, I think most people expected it was going to be a fun season, but you can't predict injuries, especially when it comes to pitchers, and that's just the way it goes. All right, next one. Ooh, you know, sometimes things don't go according to plan, right? And occasionally you get a flop of the year. So for this category, the flop of the year, the nominees are, and this is no disrespect to any of these players, but expectations are a thing. And you get paid, and you're in a unique position to compete when there are expectations surrounding you. So I think most players understand that. Here are the nominees. We had Cole Wynn, Zach Veen again. Wow. Coors. I feel bad for Chad here. Uh, Marcelo Mayer of the Red Sox. Elijah Green. Brandon Fott. Oh, boy. Brandon Fott. Yeah, we talked a lot about him this year on the show. Drew Jones, Andrew's son, Gavin Stone, and then Diego Cartea. And the winner is, according to the voting, 
Diego Cartea. Oh, actually, I, nope, I just I blew it. In there? You're right. I blew it. Yeah, I was just Gavin Stone. I, Gavin Stone yeah. was the winner. Yeah. Go ahead. Clear the air on that no. one, but. Well, and it's because I differ on this one, and I would have selected Cartaya. Um, Stone, while Stone was highly regarded coming into the year, Cartaya was a guy who was a consistent top 20 prospect across everywhere and had just come off hitting 22 home runs as a 20-year-old across two A-ball levels in a deep system that produces catching well. You just kind of had this, like, you know, he's going to be good. Now, Stone was a top 50 guy. He was, according to things here, 56th in Baseball America, 56th with Pipeline, number 50 with Baseball Prospectus coming into the year. And he didn't do what we wanted him to do in the major leagues for sure. And minors weren't great, but he had the second half of his minor league season was actually very good. Um and I think he gets tagged pretty hard for the fact that he put up a nine ERA in his pro debut, but he made the majors, you know, and that's, there's something to be said for that. Um, and so I put Cartaya just cause the bottom completely went out on Cartaya. Mm. He went up to double a, yes, he's only 21, but the guy hit 189 this year. It's rough. He, Showed power, and not only did he hit 189, but this is a guy who was well-known as an exceptionally athletic backstop, and he just wasn't that this year. It didn't look nearly as good behind the plate. And so there's a lot. I mean, he's still got tremendous power. The guy's still hitting 19 home runs out of only 67 hits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's got some absolute power. And he's got a cannon for an arm, but it's just, it should tell you something about his ability to adapt this last year. The rules that we saw in the minor league or in the major leagues for stealing bases have been there for a few years in the minors. Nobody really tested him all that much. And in, in uh, previous years, they attempted 101 steals on him this year, and were success and they were successful 78 times in Double A. Wow, that's for a guy who kind of was known as, "Hey, this guy's got a gun behind the or behind the plate." That's just that's frustrating to watch. But yeah, actually, most of the second half here for for uh, Stone is what I'm I guess I'm referring to, and that goes. He went through July and August with a, a sub four ERA, striking out more than a batter per inning, and he actually is his whip in August was 0.96. Wow. So put it together in the second half of the minor leagues, but his his major league time was just awful. And then they tried to push him into the bullpen to potentially get him back in in that role. And so they tried to work him in the bullpen a few times and that was hit and miss. Um, in September before he got brought up to the majors. So now, well, look, folks, expectations can be a real pain in the butt, and he's still young, Cartea and Stone. Mm-hmm. 
they're guys that have talent, and I can't wait to see what happens in 2024. Maybe they'll be uh, less well-received by some, and there's an opportunity to pounce in the offseason in your dynasty leagues. All right, we're live. It's Benjamin Chase. Follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier, Plotso Podcast, two worlds and two. Utah. These. Give me two. We're doing the minor league awards this year, our prospect awards, if you will. The next one is for newcomer of the year. Now, obvious selection in this category. Of course, Ethan Salas is in this category. The very, very young Padres backstop who somehow got to double A this year already. What the hell? That's incredible. (laughs) Mind-blowing. But did he win Newcomer of the Year? The other nominees are Robbie Snelling, Colt Emerson, and Wyatt Lankford. And it turns out that the actual winner and who Ben also happens to agree with is... Wyatt Lankford! There it is! The Tigers could have had Wyatt Lankford, but they decided not to select him, of course. Now, I will say, Tigers fans need to be careful with that because this is going to hurt this offseason to listen to some of the things being said about Wyatt Lankford. I will tell you right now, I'm putting together an FYPD list a first-year player draft list, and I have Langford actually first. Ahead <laughs> uh, of Dylan Cruz. Go Tigers! Ahead of, because they were side-by-side. Side. But he also, what you need to understand, the Tigers don't do what they did the rest of this draft this year if they go for Langford because they don't have the money to do it. That's just, it sucks that that's the truth You're right. in the way that they've set up this draft, but it is what they did. Langford has been absolutely amazing in his short time. He was, and here's what's really kind of cool, is he got a chance to play for a college championship, and he got a chance to play for a AAA championship. Yeah. So the guy's gotten to play in championship ball all year long. But 360, 480, 677, that's his slash line in 44 minor league games with 10 home runs and 12 stolen bases. Wow. Since he got drafted. This guy hit 21 home runs and stole nine bases in the college season. And what's scary is his whole minor league track line (laughs) is almost exactly the same as what he hit in college. It should be harder to hit in the minor leagues than in college. It should. The thing I love looking at his stat line is 36 walks to 34 strikeouts. Mm. That is huge to me. Out of a guy, he could just have been free swinging and knowing that he's hitting everything and just swing away. And there is, he's been very patient. He's done extremely well. It's been impressive to watch this year. So, yeah, it take it takes a year the way that Langford had a year this year to beat a guy like Salas who got to double A at 17. I mean, any other year, just like, you know, Langford, in any other year, Langford is the number one pick. Well, in any other year, what Ethan Salas did is easily your newcomer of the year. Yep. Not this year. I got to so. say, it seemed, even when the season started, to me that maybe Salas was more of like a uh, a novelty than anything, but he showed this year by his play that he's more than just novelty. You know, he's making strides quickly. So I have to give Ethan Salas credit, but I don't disagree with the votes here or your decision. White Langford 
God, I just I just hope in five years the rest of the draft for the Tigers like is still yeah. worth it. Like, all right, you know, we didn't take White Lakeford, but yeah. the depth of that draft, if the depth of the Tigers twenty twenty three MLB draft leads to, you know, a playoff run or just a really, really good team across the board in multiple levels, and frankly, maybe for a team that needs it based on the previous regime. Although, you know, Torque yeah. hit thirty bombs this year. Uh you yeah. know, Mr. Virginia Tech Hokie himself, Gary Carpenter, came alive and is really, really good. So yeah. maybe Al Avila wasn't so awful. I don't know. But uh, we're not here to relitigate the Tigers and their farm <laughs> system here on the Palazzo Podcast with me and Benjamin Chase. Let's continue for it. The next award. Now, this is fun. This is always one of the – because these guys, these people, and the winner itself of the breakout pitcher of the year in minor league baseball across the prospect galaxy, that's a big deal. People are gonna they're gonna hem and haw about the winner of this and the nominees all off season long and think about how good they could be in twenty twenty four before sadly somebody blows out a UCL. I hope none of that happens to any of these guys, but yeah, it's part of the game, folks. So our nominees for breakout pitcher of the year were AJ Smith Shaver of the Braves, the twenty year old, Mason Miller, the electric stud who how many innings did he have this year? 10? 20? I mean, he's electric when he's on the mound, but uh, oh, he had, 32. He had he had 31 in the majors and 19 in the minors, so 50 innings this year. Well, it's amazing he came back at all because I thought he was done for the year when he got hurt early in the season, So, yeah. but he's electric. Uh, Robbie Snelling again. Check again. Julian Aguiar. Oh, Wickleman Gonzalez. Max Rychik. Is that how you say that? Rychik? That's a good question. <laughs> okay, all right, well, we're doing our best here. Not 100% I don't sure. have a pronunciation guy so, right in front of me, so we're doing our best. And those are the nominees for Breakout Pitcher of the Year and the winner for Breakout Pitcher of the Year, but not who Ben has. So we'll start with the winner, and that winner is A.J. smith Shaver. He took home the gold. Congratulations to him. I know Ben, it's not like Ben doesn't like A.J. Smith-Shaver. He's a... Oh, I love Smith-Shaver. He's, he's well, he just came out last night, had a really fun start for the Braves as they're kind of finishing up the year. It just, he's, I honestly think he is along the lines of what Spencer Strider does on the mound. It's going to be a lot of fun. But for me, the guy I chose was Mason Miller. And... Mm. This comes off, he just had a heck of a an Arizona Fall League and turned around and showed up in spring training and was all of that. And um, I think what you're going to see, there are many people, and I'm not quite there, but I'm getting really close, that think that Mason Miller is the best pitching prospect, not named Paul Skeens, in all of minor league baseball because he still is technically eligible as a prospect. And, I mean, the stuff is absolutely mind-numbingly amazing. I just will be seeing... I, I, I think we'll be seeing him as a dominant closer or an ace. I don't know that there's... Or he's going to blow out. Though, yeah. I guess, you know, there's your third option. Yeah. But 
I think if he is on the mound, he's not a middle reliever. He's not a fourth starter. This is a guy whose stuff is so stinking good that he's either going to be an ace or a elite closer, or he's not going to be pitching. And that's for him to come from, I mean, kind of nowhere as far as his draft pedigree, you know, third round guy out of Gardner Webb, you know, <laughs> so, you know, that's just, it's incredible how far he's come. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love him. I, I think what he took such a big step forward in his overall raw stuff that it's hard not to just really think he's that breakout guy, but definitely don't argue with AJ Smith Shaver because for a lot of people who weren't, you know, I, I'll admit I'm a little more clued in on the brave system. So to me, he wasn't as much a surprise as far as what his pitches did. I was surprised they pushed him as quickly as they did. And, he responded at every level, so you can't really get too uptight about that either. How come, uh, is it not fair because he was ho-hum in the minors or maybe wasn't mind-blowing? What about uh, Sawyer Gibson Long? I thought maybe he could make the list. Is that too far? You know, I guess I didn't have him. I, I didn't write him down, and nobody else nominated him. Um, but I think, in all seriousness, I don't see why you wouldn't have a good argument for any one of these pitchers we named. Mm. Um, and that's, I think there's, we could probably bust out a half dozen more too, which that's the really amazing part of this is pitchers kind of pop up out of nowhere. Now this next list we're going to get into, that's, it's a little harder to get onto that one. <laughs> it's, I, I don't want to say it's easy to get on the pop-up pitcher list, but being a pop-up pitcher isn't that terribly surprising that we have a whole crap ton of them that would qualify. That's fair. So. I, I am just wondering if Mason Miller will ever be a guy who could pitch 150 innings. You know, I just, oh. we have to be skeptical of that right now. And of course it's early, so it's easier for me to say that. But yeah. if he goes out next year, if he pitches 120 innings next year, then it's like, oh, wow. The odds are most of those 120 innings are going to be really, really good. So. And that, yeah. I, I think he's at where we're at right now with Jake, with uh, Jake Degrom. Oh wow! I think right now where we're at with yeah. him, because you know when Jake Degrom gets on the on the field, he's gonna be stinking good, even though he's older. But it's how much is he gonna be able to stay on the field? Absolutely, and that's sadly where we're at with him. I think Mason Miller is kind of in that same boat, especially if you're looking redraft only next year. That's what you kind of have to look at. So. You said it, Benjamin. We're here live going through our prospect awards for the year. The next category has been alluded to. We are now doing Breakout Hitter of the Year. A little tougher, yes, to get on this list. The nominees for Breakout Hitter of the Year for 2023 are Samuel Basayo, Ethan Salas again, Junior Caminero makes an appearance here finally on the show, Roman Anthony, Blake Dunn, and Abimelech. Ortiz? <laughs> Abimelech Ortiz? I I think that's... I think your latter pronunciation is correct. That's kind of what I've heard. Okay. Abimelech. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I like that name. It actually flows quite well. I like the enunciation. All right. So, the winner of Breakout Hitter of the Year, according to our poll, is... Samuel 
hitter of the year and you know what i feel dumb right now because i don't even know who that guy is <laughs> well he is a catcher in baltimore's organization actually one of their first guys they went through a number of years where they didn't really play at all in the international market and when the new regime came in that was kind of the first thing they did was get them involved into the international market and basaya was part of that first class elite power absolutely elite holy crap power and there are there's a very good argument that he might be the up catching prospect in the game right now i don't know if he's gonna play catcher well i mean if he stays with the orioles he's not playing catcher at the major league level because as strong as his arm may be He's not the catcher behind the plate that Adley is. Let's just put it that right. way. But he's he absolutely could do a passable job behind the plate for somebody, and that power is just going to be ridiculous. He's wow. I, I, yeah, and, and that the thing is, he's eighteen. Oh! Or eighteen for most of the year. He just turned nineteen in the middle of August, ah! and he hit. He got up to Double A and hit twenty home runs. So. We're, we're just all blown away that somebody at 17 got up to double-A as a catcher. He got up to double-A at 19 as a catcher and hit 20 home runs. To me, that's stinking amazing. And, the, you know, he never slowed down. He kept – he actually – he got better every level he went up offensively. That's incredible. Which is insane to consider. Yeah, these stats are ridiculous. I mean, wow, I am really, really impressed by this. But – Stop the presses, because I don't think Ben agrees with this choice, although he appreciates and respects the hell out of Basayo. No, I the guy who I put on is somebody who, there was, out of the major ranking services, only one had Junior Camonero even in their top 100 before the year. And he's now an easy top five. Um, and the year he had 31 home runs, he hit 324, spent most of the year in double a i just it's amazing to me watching him just ascend this year he he made some changes to his swing and changes to his body and did that and you started to see it down in uh, australia this last year this last winter and he took that and was just he hit like you wouldn't believe down in australia and he turned that into what he did in the major leagues This is the Palazzo Podcast. Up next after the break, Ben reveals his top 1,000 Atlanta Brave prospects in order. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Woo! Fun season. Even yeah. got to make his debut. I mean, that's so cool. Uh, oh, wait, where'd the rest of the stats go? They disappeared. Uh I think the page fell apart. Anyways, uh, he had a hell of a year. Uh, look at that. I love this jersey, by the way. I want that. That's really cool. What is that? Yeah. The gum? They do some nice minor. I love minor league jerseys. Oh, they of just, course. They just, there's just something about the way that they can do stuff in the minors. By the way, Joe getting excited over here. Basayo gives me Miggy vibes. Wow, that's really stepping it up a notch. I, yeah. No, I mean, just the pure hitting. I don't think he's terribly crazy on that. Oh wow, boy! Got to figure out. Kind of like, kind of like Mickey at nineteen. You got to figure out where the heck does he play on the field? Yeah, uh, outfielder, but, a third baseman. Yeah, you're right. So, but that bat will play and very well could play as soon as next year. I mean, that's what's really crazy is at he won't turn nineteen until or won't turn 20 until August. He might be up as a teenager. That's really crazy to think. And with an organization as deep and as talented as the Orioles. Juan Soto-esque. Interesting. Maybe the profile's not that far off from Juan Soto. I don't know. (laughs) All right. The next category here on our Prospect Awards for 2023 on the Palazzo Podcast. Thanks for joining us here. Those of you that are watching live, and if you're jumping in the live chat, we'll jump your comments to the front of the line if you got any. The next one, this is exciting. Top pitching performer of the year. Not a breakout. We're talking about just the best of the best of the best when it comes to hurlers. So the nominees are Cade Horton, Drew Thorpe, Robbie Snelling again, his third category, Orion Kirkering, the feel-good story to close out the season. Wow, very exciting, beautiful, yeah. wonderful story. See his father get very emotional and cry when he sees his son on the mound, making plays for the Phillies. Very cool. And then uh, Julian Aguiar once more. The winner is, and I'll tell you, it wasn't even that close, according to our voters. And, you know, maybe we didn't get 100 votes, but the people that do vote in our Discord, they know prospects. The winner is Kate Horton. Takes home top 50 performance of the year. And it's it's hard to argue with with Kate Horton being at that point. He had, but in my opinion, and, and I mean his lat, he pitched six starts in Double A to finish his year: twenty-seven innings, thirty-one strikeouts, a one-three-three ERA. You know, he just kind of got better as the year went along. Kate Horton did. <clears throat> For me, right now, I am. I'm still going to hold on to Drew Thorpe had the best overall season in the minor leagues among pitchers. He tossed 139 innings, um, struck out 182, led all of the minor leagues in strikeouts. But he didn't. A lot of times you see a guy who strikes, who leads the minors in strikeouts, and he's got this absurd walk rate because that's what minor league pitchers do. He's, he only walked 38 guys. Um, he's had a 2.52 ERA. This he's probably not an ace pitcher going forward. Kate Horton might be. That's a big difference here. Is if you want to look for a prospect to grab in dynasty, it's absolutely Kate Horton. 
but for who had the best overall year in the minor leagues, it's hard to beat the overall season that Drew Thorpe had. Wow. Now, Chad said, <laughs> Kerry Norton's so good, he's so, and uh, Jackson Ferris is completely forgotten, and he's also good. So. Yeah. Cubs Cubs have some really nice prospects right now. I don't. Yeah, they just need a, they need some of them in the back end, in their bullpen. <laughs> That's their problem right now. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and, and for what it's worth, when Kate Horton was drafted, his lack of innings and experience, there's a lot of people who thought that that might be the way the Cubs move him is to utilize him in a relief role, more like an Andrew Miller role, but still a relief role. But they have stuck to their guns with him starting. He just still hasn't gotten 100 innings yet. So, you know, there are a lot of folks that, you know, and I know Chad's one of them that wanted to see him potentially get a shot in the majors and whatnot. I'm not sure that he gets that that shot until even midseason next year, yeah. unless he completely blows everyone's doors off in spring training, just because he just doesn't have the the innings built up, and they're going to want to see him get as many innings as possible. And if he's getting beat around in the in the majors and pitching two innings a time, he'd much rather go out, have him go out there in the minors, even if it's below him talent-wise, you'd rather him go out there and pitch six every time and get those innings on his arm if it's not a major factor for your team. Now, it might be for the Cubs. The Cubs might have be in a spot where they need Horton and, for a playoff run, whatever. So th- there's lots of things to take into play here, but that innings – Mark is going to come into play next year at some point. Well, a little doubt about that, my friend, as we are almost done here. We've got two more categories yeah. here, and it's getting exciting. We're getting to the the best of the best here, Ben. The next one, it's time for the top hitting performer of the year. We just did the top pitching. Kate Horton took home the top pitching performer of the year. The top hitting performer of the year nominees are for 2023. We've got hey, Abimelech Ortiz is back. How about Jackson Churio may be, maybe, the most talked about prospect season long in all chat rooms, all discords, everywhere. It's possible. I mean, he he gets a lot of run, right? Then we've got Junior Caminero again. And, oh, we haven't heard this name once on the show yet. Jackson Holiday, of course. And then Blake Dunn makes another appearance. Blake Dunn getting a few nominees this year. And the winner, according to our poll and the people who vote who we respect and love our discorders is there it is jackson holiday takes it home and it's not close folks and i'll tell you i don't think it really should be anyway so no and i'll be honest that this category i personally thought uh junior camonero had a better argument alongside uh alongside holiday i could i could respect someone also voting for shurio trio had a tremendous year in double a i think people he started off rough because of the tack ball but once they got rid of that he just took off and he there was something to the effect of he's 19 and has um a 2040 year and that's something like only a half dozen people have ever done that. Um, but he, I mean, and he finished his year in AAA, 
there's a very good chance we see Jackson Churio next year to start the year. I, hope so. I think you could have made a good argument for any one of Churio, Caminero, or Holiday, but Holiday is a great choice for the hitter of the year. He's just people. I remember asking me, I think in May, hey, you think Jackson Holiday can break camp with the Orioles next year in 2024? I'm like, no, come on, dude. I mean, it's. He's got a ways to go. I mean, he's making progress in May at that point. But where we are now, hey. And the fact that he could be a rookie of the year winner maybe next year and they can get draft picks, yeah. He he could very well break camp now with the Orioles in 2024. I don't think there's any doubt about that now, right, Ben? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the incentives that you have. Quite frankly, the incentives you have, there's no reason any one of the three guys we just mentioned don't start the year with their major league club. Yeah. Churio. Caminero and Holiday, all three, with the incentives that are there for teams that bring up a guy and let him play all year. Absolutely. I think you have very good reason to let them play themselves out of a spot in spring training. So if they show they aren't ready, well, then you send them down to AAA. But otherwise, you, I, you almost have to go in with a guy that stinking talented saying, I've got a spot for you. Yep. I had no argument here, my friend. That's all the sense of the world. Chad says, honestly, small sample, but Chase DeLauder had a bonkers return from injury. Yeah. He's good. He he's going to be he in the did. AFL, too. So hopefully I get a chance to see him in about a month or so. That'll be exciting to see him because he's a he's a name guy who I know Eric Cross loved Chase DeLauder, and I'm sure we'll have many conversations about him out there in AFL territory next month. But at the same time, you know, he had hurt, so it just shortened his season. That's okay. Yep. It's not his fault, necessarily. And then there was one, because Ben agreed <laughs> that Holiday was his choice, so now we're down. This is it, folks. This is for all the marbles, as they say. It's time for the top minor league performer of the year. This is for pitchers, hitters, everybody. The nominees for the 2023 Top Minor League Performer of the Year are as follows. We've got Junior Caminero, Jackson Churio, once again, Drew Thorpe. That's Ben's guy for pitching performance. Was that breakout pitching or best pitching performance, right? And Overall. Yeah. Yep. And then Jackson Holiday, And once again, Blake Dunn. Blake Dunn getting a lot of run. Is it finally time for Blake Dunn to win an award on this show? I feel like he just... No, no, it's not going to happen. The winner of always, uh, always, uh, it's it's a lovely to be nominated. That's right. Sorry, it's a pleasure that. just to be nominated. <laughs> the winner of the top minor league performer of the year overall is for 2023 on the Palato Podcast. Two L, Utah. Give me two. Two Z's. There it is. Junior Caballero. It's a, tie. <laughs> it's a tie between our voters. Ben, how do you feel about this? The top minor league performer of the year overall for 2023. All of these names. Is there a name first off that you'd like to see be nominated on this list if it was to be done again? No, actually, I I like the list that we have on there. I, I know I intentionally made sure Drew Thorpe was considered because of just what he did. So that that's a me thing <laughs> on there. Um, and same thing, you look at the overall numbers, Blake Dunn, I put him in a number of spots, but when you look at his numbers, he just, he had, everyone remembers Vaughn Brown from last year, the insane season he had, and that's very similar to what Blake Dunn did this year. 
Um, but Holiday and Camonero both certainly deserve consideration here. But to me, the overall performer part, it's got to be Holiday. Simple reason being is the defensive side added on to the hitting. Mm. Camonero is Camonero did a tremendous job. I I thought Camonero was a future first baseman. Watching him in twenty two, he just did not look good defensively. I thought there that's a guy that's going to grow out of third base and have to move across the way. And he worked hard on his body. He worked hard on his defense. And I won't say he's an elite defender by any means, but he's not going to hurt your team playing third base anymore. That's that's good. Jackson Holiday, I don't know if Jackson Holiday wins a gold glove, but he's going to absolutely be an above average major league shortstop. And the difference between an above average major league shortstop and an average third baseman is so huge in the value it brings to your team that the fact that they're close in hitting, I just, I don't see that this is really a close vote, that it really should be Holiday as the year top guy for the year. How do you think the Orioles uh, play this year? I got to get your opinion on the record. I mean, with Gunner and Jackson Holiday. I'm, I am curious as to, oh, geez, I clicked the wrong button. I wanted to see, there we go. Wanted to see, I believe, I'm trying to pull up contract stuff and stall while I do. Uh, but I believe that uh, they are out of the, um, and it's not pulling, there we go. I I believe they're out on, on Moteo after this year, or they can be. Right. Oh, okay. I'm looking him up here. I think uh, Where is he at? when I think about, I mean, Ramon Arias, is he still going to be around too, right? I mean, he's a solid defender, right? They like his glove enough. He's, I think, okay, Mateo is actually RB eligible and only made $2 million last year. So he might actually not be a horrific guy to keep around behind Holiday defensively, yeah. depending on what that price turns into. But you also have a lot of really good, talented utility infield types. Joey Ortiz is a tremendous defender um, up the middle at both second and That's third. That's right. Ramon, Ortiz, Ramon Urias can play all around the infield and some outfield, but all around the infield for sure makes a nice utility guy. And that doesn't even get into Westberg, you know, <laughs> and – that's that's an elite top prospect type of guy who they don't have a starting spot for, but gosh, that that's a player that really kind of you think should be getting run. Um, so you've got a very, very good uh, – yeah, you've got a very, very, very good uh, problem, I guess. I, I'm trying to find the right word for it, but I guess problem. It's a scenario, yeah. I mean, they've got a situation yeah, brewing yeah. here. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're going to see them drop off guys like Adam Frazier because why? You know, you, you don't need to keep a guy like that around. Um, do you, do you but, think teams will be favorably advantaged because they know the Orioles don't have spots for all these guys? Does that actually end up hurting them? Or do the Orioles just wait it out and unfortunately the players pay the price because that's just how baseball goes? You know, I really do think that you've got some 
some teams that will try that. But when the Braves had a whole buttload of pitching prospects coming up at one point, um, Max Freed and Mike Soroka and you know, Kyle Wright and a bunch of these guys were all kind of coming around the same time. They had a lot of teams try and come at them and go, okay, you got pitching depth, but you got a lot of pitching depth, so we're not going to give you the true value of your pitching depth. Well, no. that that You know, a good club is going to avoid that. Now, I will tell you, I know one of the heavily, heavily rumored deals back in the day was that the uh, Marlins wanted Mike Soroka and Austin Riley for JT Rio Muto. Now, I have to say that in retrospect, that boy, that's, that could be kind of an interesting deal. Um, But I think they made a good choice where Riley has, or with the player that Riley has turned into in the middle of that lineup. Yeah. You like that. Um, And you can't predict what happened with Mike Soroka. That was, you know, at that point, there were not many pitching prospects who could do what Mike Soroka did on the mound. He just kind of played with hitters. And that's, that's an impressive thing. Um, But I, I look at, the Orioles, the Orioles are going to have a lot of money to play with. But why? Why do they need to? I mean, the only thing they really need to worry about is pitching. Yep. I think where they're going to, I mean, where they're going to potentially be able to utilize is they have some, they might be able to go out on the market and go for a guy who's got maybe a bit too much of a contract as a pitcher and swap one of their solid infielders for that guy. I could very much see that. I mean, if you want to get a guy that right now sticks out to me as that type of a guy, it's Dylan Cease. Mm. Um, that would be a very interesting acquisition for them. I I don't know what the White Sox want for him, quite frankly. And the White Sox don't know what they want either. So. Well, that's a whole other deal. But he's got two more years of arbitration, Cease does, and he's – probably going to be in about the $8 million range this year. So that's it for a team like the White Sox that are obviously needing to rebuild. That might be the type of guy you start to target as the Orioles and say, Hey, this whole Tim Anderson thing at shortstop, you sure you want to keep up with that? Or would you like a Joey Ortiz, (laughs) you know, or, or Jordan Westberg or someone like that. And that for them should be, and that should be who they are able to focus on is a guy like that where they can eat some money and utilize their trade prospects. But I think, I honestly think that Holiday is going to come into camp as their shortstop. There's no reason to doubt that. It just makes perfect sense for them to do that. It's the how do you work around that that will be interesting to watch. Um. I, I will be very interested to see how they do with, you know, what do you do with Mateo? Is Mateo, do you bring him back, telling him for sure he's going to be a backup infielder? Um, is he going to be happy with that role? Do you, I mean, Uris can, Uris can play all over the field. Do you want that? Ortiz, to me, is, is really what Mateo is, but Ortiz has the power that Mateo has speed. I don't 
count on either one of them being an above average bat, but I think Ortiz could possibly hit you 15 home runs and Mateo could steal you 30 bases. If you gave him a full year of run, that's, that's a solid enough contributor, but I don't know that either one of them I'd want starting for me every day. Um, Nah, I don't think so, man. I, it's an interesting question, and it's so, so wonderful to be an Orioles fan right now. I mean, you guys are just getting into, hopefully you're getting into, oh, like a Charlie Morton level guy. Yeah, it'd be nice to trade Mateo for somebody like that, Chad, but, uh, you know, there is... I just don't know where they are. Yeah, I mean, he said Erod, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez here, who I don't think is leaving Detroit, actually. I really don't, but we'll see. He, I, I think... I really do think that he wants everyone flipped out about the fact that Erod just said that he's going to explore his opt-out clause. Okay. And, you know, he canceled that trade to the Dodgers. Well, geez, I thought you liked Detroit and you were going to stay in Detroit, yada, yada, yada. Just because he exercises the opt-out doesn't mean that he doesn't want to stay. He might just very well say, you know what, instead of three years or whatever I've got left, let's negotiate a longer-term deal. I just want to be out of the current one that we have. Let's set up a better deal for you and for me long-term. Here we go. That, for a lot of guys, that's what they're opt-out. I will tell you that that is one of the discussions that uh, Nolan Arenado had before his decision is to potentially extend and do some different things with his contract with with the Cardinals. So that absolutely can be the situation is that Rodriguez says, hey, I'd like to be here. But this contract isn't the way that I'd like it to be. Yeah. Some of his family and life stuff that's come up over the last two years absolutely could be driving that. He could be wanting, I want this many days off during the year where I don't need to be with the team. But if you don't have that say, stated in a contract, you can get fined for being away from the team. You know, things like that. That very well may be all he really wants to do is to tear up his current one and sign right back with the Tigers at a different one. <laughs> I don't honestly know that he's going to get a ton more money. I don't think so. You know, this, this offseason, there aren't a lot of good pitchers on the market, but I just I don't think that he's going to be a guy that gets more than what he got last year already. So, exactly. um yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch, though. I don't know that you're going to see Baltimore dip into the Blake Snell market. I just I don't see that at all, not free agency-wise. But I could absolutely see them utilizing capital to acquire someone. Remember, their general manager was in Houston when Houston went to Detroit and said, hey, you know that really good starter you got? Here's a whole buttload of guys. We want him for our run. And they that's how, I mean, they got Verlander and said, We're going to offer you the world. And at the time, we're talking, I think there were four top 100 guys on that group that they sent for Verlander. Four, There were certainly four four guys that were top 30 prospects within the the, uh, Astros organization, and they were concerned with the better systems. So, you know, and I got to say, just on that, Jake Rogers, he's been my boy to finish the year. (laughs) Holy crud. But... I mean, I could see them doing something like that, going out and finding someone who might be an elite starter on a club that's maybe on its way down for a little bit and say, hey, we're going to overpay you in total prospects, maybe not elite prospects, but, you know, here's our – you can take your pick of four guys from our 
number 10 through 30 on our top 30 list. And that's who you're getting for your starter. For most teams, that's going to be a huge return. Yep. And for the Orioles, it really wouldn't put a huge dent in their system. That's just all three of the hit players. They got three players. It was Franklin Perez, Dash Cameron, and Jake Rogers for Verlander in that deal. Okay. All three of them were in the top eleven of Houston's. Uh, yeah. So not even forget the top twenty or the top fifteen. So they were, but they are all Franklin Perez. No, nah, he just nothing. And Dash Cameron was, was all defense. Unfortunately, just didn't have the bat. Yeah. But Jake Rogers, you know, a great return. This season, a 20-home run season, a guy who played about 100 games, a little bit more than part-time, a little less than full-time. So it's exciting to see that. He's 27 years old now. Hey, six years later, it's paying off. All right. And that's Sadly, that's a lot of times what happens with catchers. You know, it is, it is just what it is that a lot of times <laughs> they don't hit their stride until their mid-20s, whereas a <laughs> lot of players in their early 20s are just elite. Yeah. So, you know, he could have a nice run here with – where he puts up stats similar to what like uh, uh, the big dumper did out in That's Seattle right. this year, you know, with yeah. thirty plus home runs and might not be a batting average guy, but you know he's done something now. Absolutely, probably. yeah, he's a part of what they got going on there. So, wow, what a season it's been! Twenty twenty three baseball yeah. season is regular season starting to come to a close, but we got the playoffs up next. But for the fantasy baseballers out there, you dynasty lovers, you prospect lovers, you aficionados. Of the depths of all the systems. We got a lot more coming up in the offseason. Next week, we're going to talk about the Arizona Fall League AFL with Chad. Chad's going to come on with us and we're going to break it down, take a look at the rosters, uh, some of the storylines to watch, who might come out of the AFL this year as, you know, like, oh, hey, that's the next Mason Miller or uh, Ed, yeah. Ed Edouard Julian, you know, guys who uh, get a lot of run in AFL can maximize that. I mean, I'm just. Just something like half of the AFL last year made the majors this year. It really that's, feels right too. It really does. I mean, I think. About, I, I mean, it's. I, I don't remember. It's it's within five or ten percent of that half number. It's either forty something percent or it's a little over fifty. But that's incredible. Unfortunately, and, the biggest letdown though was that our guide he didn't make the majors this year, and uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure why. I, I there has to. Be, I know there's a yeah. reason. I know that we're talking about Justin Henry Malloy, who uh, we're big fans of here. You know, he's been a Triple A all season. Of course, we got the new management in Detroit. Like the minor leagues and walks. Let the minor leagues and walks. He had the most walks in in all of the minor leagues. Now he also struck out 150 times. But oh, what? It's the 2023. That's the way it is yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, we got and, Luis Robert had a great season. He struck out 29 percent of the time almost. <laughs> So. And that's just it. Is, what are you? What do you have at third base or DH or, frankly, for Detroit? What do you? Have, what What do you have holding back bringing up a guy? And and not on top of that, yeah, he walked 110 times. He hit 23 bombs. It wasn't like he was just walking and not doing anything with it. There's for years they've kind of been waiting for Malloy to turn into a guy who can put some power on top of the patience. Mm-hmm. And he showed that this year, 25 doubles, 23 home runs. I I just don't know what else he needs to do. You know? Well, and, Parker Meadows jumped so. ahead. You know, Chad says Matt Veerling having a strong season most of the year. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't care about Matt Veerling. But Parker Meadows got an opportunity, and he's up there. And, you know, frankly, Kerry Carpenter's season 
may have it may have actually hurt Justin Henry Malloy That's because we we know that Justin Henry's will be playing outfield a lot now. He was playing a lot more out in left field, and that's. I mean, yeah. Gary Carpenter made it happen. There's, that's just bad luck. If anything, it's good news for the Tigers overall as a team because they've been so devoid of young hitters. And now it seems like, wow, we actually have like a fair amount of young position players who can hit, and that's that's promising. I guarantee you. I guarantee you he's going to make the roster next year at some point. I really hope it's out of spring training. we got to see I, how the team looks. I, but I really kind of wonder if uh, he isn't. I know Colt, everyone wants to see Colt Keith. I wonder if Justin Henry Malloy isn't one of the biggest beneficiaries of Mickey's retirement. Yep, exactly. Because that opens up, it opens up a DH spot with he and Kerry Carpenter. That could be a very – that actually he could end up being a guy who benefits next year because Mickey isn't there yeah. to take at bats at least – Three, four day, days a right. week. Right. So. I know. Yeah. You didn't play full time, of course, but he was in there enough where it's like, well, this guy's blocking a spot. And that's just one of my only beefs. It's, I can't blame Miguel Cabrera. He's getting paid so much money. Nobody would walk away from the contract. But it just, it does delay things a little bit having him there. And the only hope yeah. I would pray happens is that, you know, he imparted a lot of quality knowledge. I, I would love to think that. Miggy imparted knowledge to Torque, and that's why Torque was able to have a 30 home run season all of a sudden. But at the same time, Torque got off to a rough start, and Miggy was there the whole time. I'm not blaming Miggy. I'm just saying, who knows how this information gets passed and what kind of relationships are going on in the locker room? Or, excuse me, this is not football. This is baseball. Clubhouse. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, gosh, the, guy, the guy's leaving the, the leaving with a triple crown, mm-hmm. made 12 all-star games, won the batting title four times. I think that's just one of those things that people just don't... He got kind of perceived as this, you know, yeah, he was a power hitter, yeah. that had a good, a good average. I don't think people quite grasp it. There was a run in there from, say, when he first got to Detroit yep. until about 2015. Yeah, so, 08 I mean, to 15. Five, six year 08 run. to 15, yeah, he came there in 08. Yeah. And, and I mean, he... He was the toughest out in the game. I mean, he was. You could maybe argue he or maybe Joe Maurer at that same time were probably the two toughest guys to get out in the American League. That's how you notice his decline and, was that he couldn't turn on that inside. Fa- he yeah. used to crush that inside fastball. Like he could turn on it as quick as anybody in the game. And when he stopped being able to do that, you could tell he was starting to slip. And it, and it dropped just immediate. He went 316 to 249. Back-to-back years. Yep. And unfortunately, he never hit 300. That's again. what sucks about the um, final years. It just crushes batting averages. And that's what people will lose that. But they'll still see the good years. Yeah. And you're right. The Triple Crown is a great run. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. One of the better Absolutely. right-handed hitters ever played the game. That's for sure. So. And he, he finishes with a 900 OPS. If he Now, granted, I, I, he's right on 900 right now. So if he does something in the next few days to drop that... That would suck. Uh, but <laughs> he did it a home run the other day. Maybe he brought it up to nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, it's it's going it's going to be good to see him. What I I truly hope is he can be an example for. He made some dumb mistakes, right? That's what I'm. That's my big life. beef. Is yeah, to, he could really help youngsters learn from his mistakes. And that's I like the idea of him being in that special assistant role because that might be something he can do. He might be able to go up to a, a Torkelson and say, hey, buddy, 
be smart with, you know, who you hang out with and what you're doing while you're hanging out with them because been there, done that. You know, there's there's a lot of baseball you could play, but there's a lot of baseball you could lose if you make the wrong choices too. Yep. And, Absolutely. you know, just imagine what he would have if he could get back. Because, you know, where he had his worst year as far as that's concerned was 2015 right in the middle of all that. He still won the batting title, but he missed like 30 or 40 games because of alcohol stuff. And imagine him fully healthy that year, what that might do to his overall stat line, which still is pretty dang impressive, but he had like 120 games as all that year. And, you know, that was where he finally got in trouble for it. But I don't know, you know, 500 home run hitter, 3170 hits. That's an amazing number. But well, that, you said 2015. I think you meant, do you mean 2010? No, no. I'm saying he, he missed. Yeah, when he missed time. I thought he was 2015. 2015 season. That wasn't that yeah. year, though, right? Because it, it was before that. Yeah. It was? Well, no. He got he had gotten in trouble for it before yeah. then. But I'm saying in 20 in 2015, he actually missed some time. And that, some was of that was why? Wow, I didn't well, know that. I mean, not officially. It wasn't, it wasn't. Right, obviously not. Cause yeah, that's that's one of those things. It's one of those where people say that that's, he got himself in trouble and because of I see what you're saying. So, okay. Well, either way, you know, I think it's important. Either way, yeah. It's important that people just take those chances, and especially someone who has clout like that guy does. You know, people who don't have as much uh, cachet with the public – you know, they might not get as much with their word, you know. But a guy like Miguel Cabrera, his word carries a ton of weight. So people cannot make the same mistakes that he made or just learn from his mistakes. That's a huge benefit. That's a that's a huge resource that he can provide to the world. So. I know that uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. thinks the absolute world of Miggy. They're both from Venezuela. He's... You know, Miggy was a guy that he was brought up to just absolutely adore. His father was a minor league player about the same time that Miggy was getting started in the majors and absolutely loved what Miguel did. And, you know, a guy like Ronald Acuna ended up growing up idolizing, you know, Miguel Cabrera. That's just, that's how those generations lap, keep lapping forward and what he could do in Venezuela, because right now that country has a lot of stuff. And players coming out of that country are coming out of a lot of stuff. Yep. That could be a huge thing. He Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, uh, Matthew Z's here. I haven't seen in a long time, buddy. Give me two. Utah. Jeez, yeah. yeah. Give me two. Great to see you at the end of the season for the awards. He says, Wyatt Lankford says, give me two for taking out Dylan Cruz as FYPD Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I will say it's going to be very interesting to see how that comes down. And that might be, you know, when we have that discussion this offseason, as far as FYPD, I don't know who we'll have on to talk about it. But, I mean, number one versus number two is going to be a very interesting discussion, I think. Yep. Because Cruz and, Cruz and Langford, there's legit reason to have Langford over Cruz. There is. And yet Cruz, is, Cruz really didn't do anything to lose that spot. He's played extremely well. He just 
hasn't done what Wyatt Langford did. It's just nuts what that guy's done in such a short time. Ah, beware so. of short samples, even if they are incredible. So that's going to be interesting to see. I can't wait for FYPD. I really want to do my homework this offseason to be prepared for my FYPD and my dynasty. So I might have to cut out a few leagues, but I'm going to cut out more redraft, I think, and I'll keep the dynasties because I love those leagues because mm-hmm. I love what you build. And that's what it's all about here, right? Dynasty baseball, the rosters you could build and how you see it develop over multiple years. Me and Ben love that stuff. Just like Matt does. Matthew Z, great to see you. Give Utah. you two. Plotso Podcast, two. two L's, two Z's. Follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. I'm MJ Govier. We're at Plotso Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. A Discord's free. Give me two. The description has the link. And uh, I got a Patreon rolling. If you're into football, baseball's wrapping up right now, but I got a lot of football stuff going on. So if you want to jump in for three bucks, you know, you're going to blow 10 times that when you just order one meal at McDonald's. So don't try to lie to me. Don't <laughs> yeah. try to fool me. Oh, I know yeah. all about the McDonald's menu. So. Come on. Uh, but it's been fun. This has been a really cool show. I'm glad you came up with this idea, Ben. And hopefully we'll make this an annual tradition now. And we'll expand on it next year. Yeah. Maybe have some more categories. So it's been a great ride. But we'll be back next week. Talk AFL. Arizona Fall League with Chad, me, and Ben. Everybody, have yourself a great weekend. If you're watching this, whenever you watch it, send a comment on the screen. Drop it down there and uh, tell us what you thought. Did you think somebody was the proper winner? Do you have a different nominee for some of the categories? We'd love to f- get your feedback after the fact. And don't forget on Sunday night, we got the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America Awards. That's at Sideline Sports on YouTube, right, Ben? Yep, at Sideline Sports, and it's at 8 o'clock Eastern. I did look that up. So I had 7 o'clock in my head because that's where it is here in the Central time zone. But 8 o'clock Eastern on Sideline Sports on YouTube. All right. They're going to have a presentation for all the different awards. Cool. So. Well, I hope you win, man. I really do. You're deserving. You're so underrated. Oh, I, th- I don't care if I win. There's so many great people I- in my category that it's, <laughs> you know, I just feel like you deserve the credit you deserve because you know so much about this game. I mean, this guy's the master. When it comes to the immaculate grid this guy's baseball knowledge is so so deep he's second to nobody and he deserves the recognition and i just want you to win so that's I, I think that was a game made for me oh yeah i'm just saying my my stupid my stupid things that i retain in baseball <laughs> as far as like guys that finished out their career with three years bouncing around four teams that's the stupid stuff i remember and it makes immaculate great go really well have a good that, that, <laughs> go Wildcats oh he's rubbing it in one more time and then uh, our pal Donovan says mowing the lawn with prospects of the year what a Friday night oh live yes yeah, so you can mow the lawn and watch our show live we love it Absolutely. gonna win that Big Ten championship just like I said okay that's enough of that chat we're out of here thanks everybody Benjamin Chase Mike Gobier don't forget Sunday night check out Sideline Sports on YouTube check out the Internet Baseball Writer Association of America there's a lot of great people that are connected with that and they offer a lot of quality sources throughout the year including Ben who also drops pieces for them there it is. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.